Welcome to Big Blend Radio, where we celebrate variety and how it adds spice to quality of life. Welcome, everybody. Of course, this is the Big Daily Blend Show and um, our new but old show. And also, uh, because we're going to be talking about food today, this is also for our listeners to uh, who tune into our Eat, Drink, and Be Merry shows as well here on Big Blend Radio. But today, we're excited to welcome back Chef Ivan Flowers to the show. He's a five-star chef and also a culinary instructor uh, where he teaches high school students out in Temecula, California, which is known for its wine country. It's also got a lot of agriculture and uh, sustainable agriculture, organic, a lot of good farms out there. But welcome back, Chef Ivan. How are you? I'm good. It's good to be with you guys. Hey, cool. good to have you here, too. And yeah. you know, it's Sunday, uh, Sunday, January uh, 14th, 2024. So we're in the new year and we're bringing back our old tradition of raising a glass of champagne Sunday toast. Uh, this is something we've been doing uh, since the day we started uh, our podcast, which is about, I think it's 16 or 17 years this year. And um, that our whole show started on champagne Sundays. And Ivan, we've known you for that long, then, haven't mm-hmm. we, actually, now that I think of it. Because you were on our show back when uh, you and Tracy lived in Arizona. Um, and I think you mm-hmm. came on a show before you were even married. With, you know, when you guys mm-hmm. got together and got totally wow. hitched. Yeah. yeah. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's yeah. like going back some time. And you were on our Champagne Sunday show and we all raise a glass. And um, I think I, I want to start off by raising a glass to what we're talking about today, which is Sunday Supper. Uh, Sunday Supper, it's a new movement, but it's really old school, right? Um, January yeah. celebrates Sun, it's Sunday supper month and January 14th is, it's actually celebrated every second Sunday of January mm-hmm. is a national Sunday supper day. This was started by a mom and a blogger who wanted her, you know, her kids went off to college and she's like, Hey, come back home. We need to have dinner. So it's a traditional mm-hmm. thing. Did you do this, Ivan, as a family have Sunday suppers? Um, when I was younger, we did. When I was younger, we did. And then when I met Tracy, she was always very, uh, and we still do it to this day. It's very important that we, uh, we have a Sunday dinner. Um, and you know, Sunday supper, Sunday dinner, very important. Talk about what happened the last, the week before you talk about what's going to happen the next week. That's cool. And it's not always about the, it's the food, right? And, and also cooking at home and being relaxed, Mm -hmm. but it's about actually spending Mm -hmm. that conversation time, right? And then talking about what you uh, what you cooked, mm-hmm. you know, oh the yeah. tomato. Did you believe this tomato? And you know, uh, look at the persimmons. You know, oh my God, the way these persimmons taste, or the salad, the dressings you make, the bread, the butter, oh. everything. Real butter. Everything. Real butter. Real butter. Real, butter. real good butter. Yeah. Oh wow! Classic. Remember you know? real butter? Yeah, I, I read mm-hmm. an article that margarine is basically like one percent away from being pure plastic now yeah yeah it is well it's hydrogenated oil yeah it's horrible yeah ew nancy did you have sunday suppers growing up i mean you had a big family yeah yeah, we had a big big family but the sunday suppers that stick in my mind were at my granny's house the pulled out all the stop sunday evening and sometimes her sunday dinner started at one o'clock in the afternoon hmm. and That's okay. uh, yeah and she still called it supper but she was british so hmm. i don't know if that had something to do with it but she put on a spread 
Mm. She really, really did. And she spent all morning cooking and sometimes the night before she would be prepping stuff. And it was mm. a big deal with her. At my own family's house, not so much. Mm. Uh, but as you and I things. always had dinners where, you know, she wanted to know what was good. She could tell. That's how she knew if I was up to no good. Like at the dinner table, because you can't oh, really yeah. lie. You know, your eyes tell it all. Like she could really have a good look at my face to see if I was lying about smoking in the, in the boys room. Smoking <laughs> in the boys room. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but we've created a tradition of champagne Sunday. That is our tradition. And yeah. having a, shem- a Sunday brunch, Nancy makes omelets. And, um, you know, we kind of do, we do a brunch thing and, and whenever she does the brunch with croissants, that's the thing to me. We have to have croissants. We need croissants. Mm -hmm. They're big. Um, what's our toast? Let's go to a toast. Nancy, you started it. So what's, what's your champagne toast today? Okay. That's going to sound weird, but hear Uh me out. I would like to toast to food fights, especially food (laughs) Food fights. Food fights. Because our family, when there was a celebration, for some reason, at, as you finished the meal, somebody would go, food fight! And then we that that was it. And we just all feed each other. What? Well, we didn't waste anything because there's dogs to eat it. And also because you'll, you've already cleaned your plate, you know, mm. pretty much. So it wasn't that bad, but it sure was fun. Ivan, you're know. a chef. I'm. Are you cringing at the food fight? No, no. Okay. I, my toast would, my toast would be cheese. You know, Ooh. the families that for generations have made cheese that special mm-hmm. certain way, where it's like, oh my, oh you know, God. it's like you've never experienced anything like mm-hmm. it. You know, we're mm-hmm. not talking about Velveeta. No. Or a pre-sliced uh-huh. monster. That- We're talking about, you know, Telegios and Blues and Port Salutes and Gruyere and, yes, yeah, smoked Gouda. Yeah, oh. cheese that you just, like, you, you like, you, you die for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. South Africa, because we had the Dutch and the French. We had the Dutch mm-hmm. and the French. And the cheese is there. The cheese is there. I mean, and they have the wine country. And so you could go to a winery and around the corner is the cheesemonger. And they would yeah. have those huge, you know, the Edom and the Gouda with the wax around it. And then they'd give you a tasting. They'd stick this thing in there, pull out this big, long thing of cheese. But it was always, I don't know. It's like, I don't know how to explain, but it's, I know it's aged, but it's fresh. It's different than mm-hmm. by the time it goes to a grocery store. I don't know if it's a refrigeration mm-hmm. process or what happens to cheese. But if you go to the source, the cheese is better and fresher from the source, even though it's mold, right? It's weird, mm-hmm. like what happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, I'm hungry now. Well, you I'm, know, things like blocks of cheese wrapped in plastic yeah, are just not the same as cheese not wrapped in plastic. <laughs> what, what, yeah. Mm-hmm. What, how do you store, what are some tips on storing cheese? Ivan, do you just um, brown 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 paper uh, oh. is one of the best. Sometimes if you wrap it too too much and you put it in the refrigerator, condensation will uh, build up. You'll get some mold, and when mm-hmm. you do get mold on cheese, you don't throw it away. You just cut the mold off. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you just take a knife and you shave it. It's like with yeah. certain sausages; they'll turn white and moldy on the outside, and you just you just scrape that off. It's just it's just the process really? of how they make it. 
so it keeps continuing. So you just take that small amount off and you're fine. Oh, I saw that with some salami once and I was just like, dude, I'm not touching that. But now I know. Huh. Oh yeah. Nancy's yeah, you dying. can just cut it, She's cut not- it off. <laughs> I'm I'm fine with doing it with cheese, but the sausage, I don't want to play with moldy sausage. That sounds terrible, but no. it's true. I'm toasting oh, to all the farmers, the small farmers who go through so mm-hmm. much. Um they have to deal with climate change, uh water restrictions. Um, and mm-hmm. also trying to be mm. pest free, organic, biodynamic, all these growers, um, vineyards, what they go through to put food out for us, healthy, mm-hmm. vibrant food. And then like it just please, when you really start to understand farming, don't let your vegetables go rotten in the bottom shelf of the fridge. Don't mm-hmm. do it. It's a waste. Um, mm-hmm. But these farmers really work hard. And I just want to toast to farmers and farmer families. Um, it goes with yeah, the cheesemongers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, mm-hmm. this is a good spread to start off with. Uh, Chef Ivan, uh, we've got a great recipe for you from you and everyone. It's linked on blendradioandtv.com. It's all the links that we're talking about today. We have some music to talk about, a playlist. We're going to talk about books, movies, and everything that relates to Sunday suppers and food and just fun. Um, that is all linked in the show notes. But uh, your recipe is pan-roasted Muscovy duck breasts with spiced mm-hmm. orange marmalade sauce. You have me at the spiced orange marmalade. That's, mm. ooh. Mm-hmm. But um, mm. Muscovy duck breasts. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, have the kids in the, that you teach, have they done this recipe? We're going to be doing it shortly. We're actually going to be bringing in whole Muscovy oh. ducks. We're going to cut the breast off. They'll cook that off. And then they're going to take the legs and confit them. And then they're going wow. to take the duck liver and make a, make a pate. Wow. Wow. So, so it'll be duck-free duck ways. Where do you get wow. duck? I'm, I don't think Nancy and I have ever cooked duck. No. Mm-hmm. don't think so. Is it like a regular thing you can get in a grocery store? Or should you go to a butcher? No, they, they sell them frozen. They sell them in the okay. freezer section. A lot of people get weird with duck because duck, mm-hmm. you know, it's poultry. And poultry, yeah. you always cook to 165. But duck, you actually don't. Duck, you, you cook medium rare, medium. So you go to about 145. It's got mm-hmm. the, um, the color of steak. It's got the color of beef. And it's a bit oh. gamey, depending on what kind of duck you buy. But people get nervous with duck. Yeah. You know, but you don't, you don't want to go over, you don't want to go too rare because it'll chew. And you don't want to go too well because it'll um, dry out. The trick with duck is there's a large amount of fat. The skin is rather thick. Mm-hmm. If the skin is too thick, if it's like a, a very thick rind, you take a sharp knife and you would go horizontally across and take some excess off. But the, the trick with duck is you want to render out the fat. And so what you do is you salt it and you put it in a Teflon pan over medium-low heat. And you wait until that fat comes out and that skin starts to render and get very, very crispy. And you'll be surprised how much fat comes out of the duck. You then turn it, you then uh, turn it over and you baste both sides um, with the duck fat that's come out. And you want a, a skin that's very, very crispy and then when you, you rest it for about five minutes, when you cut slices, you don't have this big rind of fat 
and then the meat. You've got like 90% meat and just a little crispy skin on top. And wow. that's, it's really very, very, very simple. Very simple. The sauce is so simple. I use the sugar-free orange marmalade and I mix Calabrian chilies in with it. You can mm-hmm. use it as a sauce on the plate or you could also take a little bit of it and you can brush it on the crispy skin as well. And then when you cut into it, duck has a very unique taste. You either like it or you don't. It's, it's, mm-hmm. It tastes it's a lot rich. like squab. It's, it's rich, rich to me. Very it's rich. rich. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's rich. Um, but it's delicious. But you have oh, to, you know, like, you either you like it or you don't. And yeah, you don't want to eat. No. I think the first time I really tasted duck properly was at a restaurant in Tucson. It was a Flying V Ranch. Remember, Nancy, that um, mm-hmm. resort out there? And they had this wonderful grill. Um, they did like tableside uh, guacamole and stuff, which was fun and cool. And, and plowed us with a lot of tequila and margaritas before him. But <laughs> they made duck tacos. And mm-hmm. I have to tell you, that was insane. I had never experienced duck like that and duck as in tacos. And it it was so rich, but it was so delicious. But you really can't eat too much of it because it, it it's like no. a delicacy. That was one of those it meals is. where I just sat up and went, wow. And who would think of doing it yeah. with tacos? But, man, was it good because of the spice element they added, too, like what you're talking about. Ooh. It's also very easy. You can make duck prosciutto. You take the breast and you cure it. I used to cure it in salt and brown sugar with spices and mm. wrap it um, in cheesecloth and let it hang for a month. Um, in, in a walk-in refrigerator and then brush all of that off and you have duck prosciutto that you cut paper thin that you use for amusés and charcuterie. Comes out delicious. Delicious. Ooh, wow. <laughs> this is good. Can, can, you usually, you yeah, know, like pieces, um, can you use pieces of duck like on a shish kebab? Sure. Yeah. Do it, hmm. it yakitori style where you have that special charcoal you take your skewer, you put a little, you know, let it sit in water overnight and do it yakitori where you're doing a little grilling. And what, what, what you would add to that is like, I would add the heart, um, you know, along with it and just don't waste any of the duck. Of course, the liver makes incredible pate and riettes because it's so rich. Mm. Are you there? You know, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just like, mm. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not like, this is getting, this is yummy. I mean, now when with duck, when we're talking about the, you know, here's a Sunday supper movement, and hopefully not just January, mm-hmm. everyone. Um, even if it's once a month or something, right? Duck would yeah. probably was, you know, was looking at this going. Now, are people gonna make duck over for a Sunday supper, right? But I think it's actually perfect. And yours is for two, but you can double this mm-hmm. recipe pretty easily. Um, sure. But sure. this would, when you were talking about conversation of food, this would be interesting to get people to try something they may not have tried before. Or, you know, maybe it's a right. family that, that, you know, maybe they raise ducks. So it's like, hey, we need a new recipe. We've been eating duck all our lives. But, you know, um, I, this is fascinating to me because even just buying it, yeah, you can get it in the freezers, but I'm wondering about like how our turkeys are. Our this is Muscovy's, and I love Muscovy ducks though. But um, people getting duck, um, I wonder like, can you get them organically? Um, 
like well oh sure you, know, you can yeah that kind of thing so sure you, you can. can stay healthy yeah with that and then oh. and you can you get the whole duck the head is on it the neck is on it oh, wow. yeah the feet are on it you know there are people that eat duck feet and oh. uh yeah really you know well wow. the thing with duck is I was just going to say, are this, is this like goose too? Like, could you use the same kind of recipe? Well, goose, goose? is much fattier. Well, yeah. goose is really fatty. Like when you, oh. but, uh, you don't see goose a lot, but goose, mm. Muscovy's uh, date back to 1555 where um, uh, London um, introduced them to France. And then of course, mm. France went crazy with the moulard duck and the foie gras and all of that, but Muscovies have been around a long time. They're, they're, you find them a lot in uh, the American Southwest, New, mm-hmm. New Mexico. It's, uh, you know, where turkeys or our bird ducks are really from Europe. And uh, when Christmas would come back in the olden days in Europe, they would do a goose. And with mm-hmm. a goose, a lot of times what they would do is they would put it on a rotisserie over fireplace. And they would turn it because you really need to render out that fat. Mm. Goose are just so much fat. But then they would save that fat and they would cook with it. Mm. Yeah. You know, speaking of fat, I just saw the craziest thing on Facebook or Instagram, one of the reels, right? And um, I don't know why I get weird stuff, but I do. And this is this lady out in like somewhere in Asia, Southeast Asia or something in a jungle setting, right? And they had pig, like they, she had like a skinned pig. Ew. And she took, she had this big vat of oil and she took the pig and she, I mean, it, it was all connected, right? It wasn't like she, she didn't cut it all the way down at all, but it was this monster. I don't know how she did it. It was like almost looking like, like a giant drumstick, but it was pig. And she took mm-hmm. the meat and she, cut huge like squares like probably two inches that would go down through all of its fat Mm -hmm. so it looked Mm -hmm. like a checkerboard and she sat it twirling this giant thing in oil and it was frying like that and then she cut it and then she put it in she was putting it inside of like um not like banana leaves with um Mm -hmm. like cabbage and carrots and some sauces and spices. It could have been Vietnam even. I have no idea where she was. But And then she mm-hmm. wrapped all, like she would take these chunks of meat and they looked really tender. And I was going, wait, I, I would not know that I think this was looking good, but it was looking really good. But she added like chilies and stuff like that. And I think some, mm-hmm. some kind of moist something. Um, but it had a lot of fat. And then she put them... She wrapped him into like a little package with these leaves and then roasted them on a coal fire and then Mm. opened it up. And it was like this stew already in its own plate. I mean, it Mm -hmm. was like a like a stew, but like a fresh stir fried kind of stew. And it was I mean, but the amount of fat that came off that pig and what she was frying it Mm -hmm. in was insane. I mean, I didn't realize how much fat. They have a lot of fat. Piggies are fat, man. That was, yeah, but mm-hmm. that's some crazy cool, cool like bush style cooking that I was like, that's that woman's badass, man. I mean, trying to mm. even wrestle that thing. Um, but anyway, that's fat. So when you look at that fat, is the goose fattier than the pig? Do you think, or is the pig fatter? Oh, um, a goose would be fattier. 
especially really? large, uh, large goose. Yeah, they're very fatty. They have an enormous amount of fat on the breast on on, on the entire goose. It's wow. really thick, white, heavy fat. Wow, wow, that's insane. Now that now that I'm mm-hmm. like trying to add that up, so so duck is a little bit less fatter. <laughs> like it's not as fatty. And yes. So, but it, so it's rich. So you don't need to like have piles of it on your plate either. So Sunday supper. No, no. Yeah, one no, breast four or five each. slices is all you need. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And well, it's like a seven ounce breast, so you could even go less, like three quarters of a breast. Like this duck, a seven, eight ounce Muscovy can do two people very easily. Okay. And then serve it, um, you know, with carrots or potatoes or whatever you want to serve it with. Yeah, whatever you want. You always need some kind of a glaze or a sauce that's going to have some sweetness and acidity because you want to cut through the richness. Okay. So you want to have something that's going to cut through that really rich duck. Mm. Like a vinaigrette and like your peppers. Something, uh, you, know, you know, spice, lemon, lime, vinegar, you know, something that's going to really a touch of sweetness that works with that caramelized fat and it mm. gives you a really wonderful flavor and mouthfeel. And duck, mm. when it's done correctly, is very tender, mm. very tender. I- so what's the Peking orange duck thing? Is that This is kind of like a, a different version of it because you're using marmalade and these Well, you know, it's peppers. funny. There, there's, there, the duck is called Peking, the, the breed, P-E-K-I-N. But it's Peking oh. with a G when it's cooked in the Chinese method of smoking it, roasting it, and then getting the skin super crispy. Then that becomes a Peking duck because it was cooked in that Chinese style. But it's actually oh. Peking, P-E-K-I-N. Okay. Wow. Yeah. All right. So here, mm-hmm. hey, okay, so I'm adding another song to our list. Ducks by the Kinks. Ducks on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> it's all ducky, right? Rubber ducky, you're mm-hmm. the one. Um, so, hey, here's to doing something new. Could you take this recipe and use chicken on it if you wanted, or turkey. Sure. Would it work? Sure. Cool. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Absolutely, you could. I love that Absolutely. you always have recipes like this where you can change it up and do, you know, they're you know manageable in that way. So um, speaking of uh, the Sunday night supper um, or the Sunday afternoon, whatever you're doing, uh, we always have our quote of the day on our Big Blend community page and Twitter at Big Blend Mag. Uh, we do our quote of the day. And um, I need help choosing what we're going to do. I've got four good quotes and I think some are funny and some are really nice. So the first one is by Laurie Colwin, who was an author. Um, she was also uh, in part of James Beard's um, publications. Um, here's her quote. The table is a meeting place, a gathering ground, the source of sustenance and nourishment, festivity, safety, and satisfaction. A person cooking mm-hmm. is a person giving even the simplest food mm-hmm. is a gift. What do you guys think? Ivan, is that a good quote? Do you like that? That's a good quote. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Nancy, you good? Right. Okay. Here's a, here's a nice, another nice one. Um, the dinner hour is a sacred happy time when everyone should be together and relaxed. That is our wonder, wonder woman, Julia Child. Is that good? Do you like that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Who's winning? Who's winning so far, Lori or Julia? Oh, God. I like them both. Yeah, oh, you can't. Oh, you guys aren't any help. Okay, that's okay. So the other two that I think is funny, 
Michael J. Fox, he said, the oldest form of theater is the dinner table. And I think that's <laughs> funny. I think that that's goes good. with yours. That goes with yours, Nancy. Yeah. And, and I think Oscar Wilde uh, probably went to Michael J. Fox's house for dinner because he said, after a good dinner, one can forgive anybody, even one's own relations. <laughs> so I think that's pretty funny. That's good. They're cute, yeah. man. Those are cute quotes. Yeah. I, I love that. But um, so for book of the day, we've got a reading list because, you know, we start talking to Ivan and all of a sudden we expanded, which is good. Um, our first one was Cooking with Love Ventures into the New Israeli Cuisine by Ruth Milstein. Ruth's on our show every third Sunday. Mm-hmm. But we chose this book uh, because it's all about healthy re- recipes, very much Mediterranean food. And um, mm-hmm. cause she changed it up and she's all, I mean, it's cooking with love, just like that quote we were talking about. And it's about mm-hmm. families coming together and meals that she's very big about getting kids and families to eat healthy. Mm-hmm. And um, she just, that's a big focus of hers. And I think that's cool. A Mediterranean food. What do you, do you do those kind of dishes, Ivan? Mediterranean cooking? Oh, it's the greatest, it's the greatest, it's the greatest lifestyle there is, uh, the Mediterranean way of eating. You don't call it a diet. It's it's Mediterranean. It's lean proteins. It's grains. It's a lot of fresh vegetables. I mean, it's the way to eat. With it wine. is the way we were supposed to eat. With wine. Mm. Yes, definitely mm. with wine. Absolutely. The Mediterranean way to go is, without a doubt, um, it's the way to go. Mm-hmm. Remember, I'm... as a chef, I followed one simple rule my entire life. There are some chefs that they'll draw pictures and they'll think about a dish it's going to look like this on the plate. You never do that. All you do in your mind the entire time you enter the kitchen to you plate the dish is you think about how delicious you're going to make it for the person you're cooking it for. Then when you're in the, in the, in the moment, a la minute, it'll plate beautifully every time. It's a natural progression. If you reverse it, and let the tail wag the dog. Well, I wanted to make it look like this. You're going to miss that little extra pinch of salt, a little bit of herb at the end, a touch of that vinegar or garlic or butter for a glaze. You've got to think constantly what it's going to taste like for the person you're cooking it for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love this. This is the favorite part of this conversation today because I think that's it when we think about a Sunday dinner together, right? And listen, even if you screw up and burn something in the kitchen and, and you're doing it with love and you burn it with love, but, you know, because, you know, it could be a new recipe or something, that's a family fun moment, right? But I think that intention of, of what you're doing in the kitchen, it's like thinking about, you know, are you going to have like 10 ingredients you know as a side dish that you really don't need or three that are really quality that you're going to right. share and talk you don't about need the it, kitchen you know? sink less is more less is mm-hmm. always more tracy just yeah. did a flatbread pizza the other day Ooh. and you know not a ton of cheese and tomatoes that were perfectly perfectly um seasoned and alouette and by the time she was mm. done i took a picture and i was like you know this is like rembrandt Mm-hmm. But she never once thought about how it was going to look. All she thought about was what she's going to put on it. And then, of course, that transcends into, holy cow, now that. Mm-hmm. And what do you eat with first? Your eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why you want fresh ingredients, you know, even mm-hmm. fresh. Your cheese. nose and your eye. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. It's 
um, it's important. And what would, you know, thinking about also what you're going to drink with your meals, right? Um, I definitely want wine if we're having family around. That's it. Wine oh, is coming right. to the table for sure. I might have yeah. to have a cocktail beforehand. Might need martinis. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe a bottle of tequila. <laughs> Who knows? But, you oh. know, just saying back to Thanksgiving again, you know. No, I'm just kidding. But um, wine, what would you pair with your, your duck recipe? Because I feel I've, I'm feel like you could do a really kind of dry white wine with that because of the marmalade and the you, richness. You could. Sure. Sure. You can do a dry white. You can do a Viognier. You can do an ice oh, rosé. Yeah. Um, you could do red. Yeah. You could do red. You know, there's no right and wrong anymore, you know. Do what whatever you, you do. like to drink. Yes, of course. <laughs> exactly. It's almost exactly. steaky. You can do a big Zinfandel if you wanted really? to. Yeah, that's right, because mm-hmm. you said like it is almost like a red meat, right? Huh. Mm-hmm. Okay, books of the day. You mentioned Betty Crocker, and we found out that she was part of General Mills. So she's not, I thought she yeah. was a person all my life until today. Right, they made her I up. Know, right? isn't, oh, boy. isn't that funny? Yeah. Aunt Jemima's real. Yeah. She's real. I don't want to forget Aunt Jemima. Um, yeah, she's cool. The Joy of Cooking. This was a book that came out mm-hmm. in the 70s, 1975, I think. John Becker, Ethan Becker, Irma S. Rombauer. Um, there's more people. There's a bunch of Rombauers and people who did this. The Joy of Cooking. Ivan, did you have that in your family household? I, I think we've had it every we country we yeah. lived in. We have. It was it. always full of we flour. Did. Every yeah. time you picked it up, it was like a good cookbook yeah. needs to be stained. It was. Yes. A lot of baking in that, too. So, yeah, it covers everything from yeah. savory to sweet to doughs mm-hmm. to breads to roasting to soups. Mm. It had that whole section in the front teaching you what all these terms were, too, because none of us knew. You know, I remember mm-hmm. cooking out of that, and Nancy had this cookbook, and I remember making oh, one egg yellow sheet cake or something, egg cake or something. I don't know, but yellow kind of cake. And then I graduated to coffee cakes. And then I started doing roasts. Oh. And I started learning all of this stuff from this cookbook. And Nancy's like, this is great. I've got a chef mm-hmm. going off in the kitchen. But it, I really, we lived on a farm, a small, small farm with our horses mm-hmm. and had a vegetable garden and, you know, passion fruit growing off the vine. We had our own capers mm-hmm. growing from nasturtiums and that avocados was- in the backyard, papaya or pulpo, mm-hmm. or whatever nice. you want to call it. Oh, I mean, nice. mango trees. Seriously spoiled, it was right? Awesome. And we even had our own sugar cane. So yeah, it was like, mm. um, it was magic. We had monkeys that were, hang- and we had our own <laughs> chickens. Um, it was, and we had a lot of snakes on that farm, though. That yeah, was we the, did. that was that not was the, the fun downfall. Part. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised we're still alive, but, um, but cooking, no. I'll never forget that as a kid cooking. And what about the supper club ideas, getting kids involved with cookbooks and like your recipes? To have them be part of the the family dinner, doing something, not just mm-hmm. sitting on the mm-hmm. couch with a phone. Um, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Inspiring kids to get into it is such a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, what was that book, Nancy? It had like, I think it was 401 American Recipes or something. Something Remember like that. Remember that big book? Yeah. Yeah. It you was know, huge. And, and it had great photos in it. So you really knew what to do. Yeah, you understood. It. Yeah. D- diagrams mm-hmm. like. This is mm-hmm. what sifting is because, you know, I remember trying to make something and I caught the stove on fire <laughs> and that book saved me because they talked about kitchen fires and I caused a kitchen fire and I was oh. home alone and no, it was scary. And I remember I just read something in that book and if I hadn't, 
because it was an electric stovetop, I would have thrown water and, and electrocuted mm. myself. Yeah. But I threw yes. the entire canister of flour on it, which mm-hmm. was a big mess. That was not a cool thing. No, um, but that, but that, that taught me to keep your stove clean mm-hmm. <laughs> and that things can yes. burn. Yeah. And yeah, but that scared the heck out of me. But that's a, do you have to do that with the students? Teach them about like fire safety and all that kind of stuff? Oh, before they even get into the kitchen, mm-hmm. they have to pass an exam of over 150 questions for safety and sanitation before they wow. can even cook. Yeah. Oh. I mean, from everything wow. from the danger zone to what, how to put out flowers to if pans are too hot and they go into ignition, how to put that out and just all of it. You know, the biggest thing is them trying to control the flames. I have very high BTU uh, stovetop. It's all controlling that flame, watching that flame and listening, you know, knowing when a pan is hot enough to put something on where it doesn't stick and they have to develop, it's a feel and that feel is based on technique, and you just keep going over it and over it and over it. And, of course, you, you have to watch them. We were doing polpette de carne, small Italian meatballs, a few weeks ago, and somebody was throwing it into um, the pan with oil like a, like a basketball shot. Oh, no. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? What Ooh, are you yeah. doing? Yeah. But <laughs> I get why they're doing it. Come on. You know you want to That's do it, too, funny. right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I remember. I I remember seeing it, it. It was the same house. I think I got into like a fire mode or something. But you know, you see on TV where someone you know burns a letter and they're mad at someone and they throw it in the trash can. So yeah. I thought that would be fun, except for my trash can was plastic and it melted the carpet. Uh, right. <laughs> and I rarely got flour and put it on that too. <laughs> That's right. I was not popular. Flour all over the house. I, I was not a popular person um, at that yeah. stage, but um, and then I tried it again. But um, I now know better. So anyhow, that was stupid. But I want to go to your book that you immediately came up with uh, was the Art of French Cooking by Julia Child. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I find. Do you think her success was that she was American going to France and was able to make it appealable to Americans and not over? Frenchified. No, no offense to the French at all. But you no, know what I mean? none taken. No, no, that was her secret. You know, she started cooking at 36, 38. She went to uh, she went to France, and you know, a lot of the French cooks they apprentice when they're twelve years old, and they go into programs with cooking and baking. She said, "Wait a second, I can do this." And one of her greatest lines, she did a show where she she was um, deboning a chicken, and she cut her finger, like really bad and it was bleeding and she said well the only one that knows if you're in the kitchen alone that you cut your finger is you so just tape it up and and just you know keep going she had um she didn't have this ego you know she just loved to cook loved to cook because if you don't love cooking you shouldn't be cooking it's Mm. if you don't love it you'll hate it it's work it's hard but if you love it and you're cooking it for someone i think it's the greatest art form on the planet Wow. I think, well, it is. And it's temporary, right? Which is why you appreciate yeah. it while you're doing it. It's like wine, really good wine. Mm-hmm. And you know, that bottle will never be there again, because now you have to mm-hmm. wait for the next harvest, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. and so you better appreciate that moment. You know, that's, that's really true. And if you don't like it, you're just going to make the other people sick at the table. Like don't cook in yeah. anger. You know, well, yeah. my granny always told me you have to be gentle with your produce. 
well, or you bruise them and you don't throw things. You place gently I, with pff, care. Tracy does that to me. Every time we go to the grocery store, I take the avocados and I oh. kind of throw them on the belt. And she's you like, what don't. are you doing? You're going to bruise them. <laughs> no, you're not. See, but here's the thing. That's okay. So everybody's up in arms about self-scanning in grocery stores versus having an actual checkout person, right? Yes. And there's pros and cons. Like, okay, it's a pain in the butt because we always have wine. So you always have to have someone go. Right. Us too. You. Us too. But then I go, I'm being carded like I'm almost 50. So that's pretty good for me. I'm happy about that. So like card me, that's good. But you get carded at the other side too, but not as frequently, you know, and it's a mess. Sometimes mm-hmm. you have to wait for someone. However, I get to coddle the, the fruit. Like you get to yes. take care of those avocados and when you go to the store, that's the thing is you have to see, you can see people's thumbprints in an avocado. And I'm like, yes. dude, why did you dude. do that? You know, mm-hmm. or like they just throw your, you know, every, people even eggs, everything. I, I've watched people just throw the eggs in. I'm like, dude, do you know a chicken went through? Give you that egg. I mean, they had to pop that egg out. And you know, it's just not that easy, you know, no. sorry. But it's uh, but now you can be gentle with your produce, and you just hope the people before you were gentle. Mm. You know, be gentle with the fruit, and talk to it. Talk. Do you talk to your yes. food when you're cooking? Not only do I talk to my food, I listen to it. Oh, I listen to it. Mm. It it tells you. You have to listen. If you're sautéing a piece of fish and you want crispy skin, it's going to tell you you got to flip me. Don't wait another minute. Right now, flip me. The pan tells you when it's ready. The the viscosity of the oil, when it changes, it says, look at me, pay attention. Yeah. Wow. You can't just leave and cook a good meal. No. No, No, you can't. You can't. Well, I learned that. I learned that just from watching Lisa. (laughs) Well, listen to the food. Yeah, pop, yeah, pop, fizz, bang. Um, we've got a lot. We're, we started off with one song today, which was uh, Junior Walker and the All-Stars with Home Cooking, released January 6, 1969. And it's like a classic old track. And I mean, really good music, good music to cook with. But then we got with Ivan and Ivan starts rattling off all kinds of musicians from Johnny Cash and the Stones to Eric Burton, put the lime in the mm-hmm. coconut song. Um, mm-hmm. Now we got Ducks by the Kinks. We've got John Lee Hooker, Walk This Way from Aerosmith. And so I think Walk This Way you know, it's almost, is that like your food's telling you, walk this way and turn me over on the in the frying pan? Yes, yes. <laughs> That's it. Yes. So um, we're going to have a mini music playlist uh, for today's show. And we'll, we'll add some fun things in there that are all foodie related. Um, mm. Movies, because you're talking so much about Julia, um, there's that series out that I think HBO or Max, whatever they call it, um, is out now, two series of Julia. And it really focuses on her time when she was in Boston and started, um, you know, she she revolutionized public television. And when you think about it, it was kind of at the beginning of public television when she went off to cook mm-hmm. and this and she, she funded her own TV shows. Mm-hmm. I did not know mm-hmm. that. You know, she was that she was pretty in love serious. with it. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen that series, Ivan? Uh, bits and pieces. Oh, you mm-hmm. got to watch the whole thing. And her accent. I mean, her accent. How did she end up with that accent? Do you think? You know, I think she developed in in the kitchen, like she she started like talking to the chickens and the 
you know, and then being in oh. France and like just it just I think it just came out and that's, what, that's who she was. Yeah, she's adorable. Yeah, adorable. She, you know? she sounds like Patricia, Patricia Rutledge, um, who and, who's who is the character of Hyacinth Bouquet in yeah. the, the, the British sitcom. I mean, this is from the seventies too, um, seventy eighties I think in the eighties of Keeping Up Appearances. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they're almost—they almost look alike, and they alike. sound almost identical. And I, I, you know, Patricia Rutledge does actually just sound like that, but Hyacinth is over the top. And we—we're every time we watch this show, our jaws are down, going, "These two are like doppelgangers." Same person. It's, it's a crazy. Same person. Mm-hmm. But yeah. somebody, you know, copied somebody, maybe, or they just have the same. No. There's scenes. Who knows? It's the same but... era, you know, but, uh, Julia Child from Pasadena. Who knew? You know, that, I thought she oh, was wow. from England. Yeah. She's from well, Pats, and she was well. an athlete and a World War yeah. II spy. Don't forget yes, that she was a spy. Don't forget she was a spy. Don't mess wow. with Julia. Wow. Yeah, she was a spy. Yeah, she was a spy. No idea. And yeah. apparently a really, really good one and one of the very few females. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she. Yeah, so I'm she. I'm gonna have to try and see if we can find a link for everyone to to watch the the show, her original show, um, because then she didn't she hang out with the galloping gourmet and and um, is it oh, Jacques I love him. Graham Care. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. oh my God, he's yeah. still uh, he's still out there doing uh, videos and appearances, Jacques Papin. Oh really? Wow. Oh yeah, wow. he's in his eighties. He's still kicking it. Wow. wow. Wow, wow, wow. This is cool. All right. And then Julie and Julia is another um, movie uh, about a blogger who did the, all the recipes from the art of French cooking. I think that was her thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, mm-hmm. uh, we watched that years ago. So that's a cool movie to watch too. So that's today's show. Uh, we want to thank our Eat, Drink, and Be Merry uh, radio show listeners and also our Big Daily Blend listeners, everybody on Big Blend Radio. And thank you, Chef Ivan. It's a new year. We can't wait for next. Next time, I don't know what we're going to be doing. Maybe we should do safety, safety in the kitchen. Oh, I can talk a lot about that. Oh my yeah. goodness! Mm-hmm. Yeah, we could share some. And hard remember, stories. remember, right now, one of the most incredible fruits are in season: persimmons. Persimmons, really? not the small ones, the big ones. I think they're called hiyaki or hiyachi. The bigger ones—they look like the head of a missile, and they're very orange. And you let them get really ripe. And you, I, I can't explain it. I, it is the most amazing fruit I think I've ever put in my mouth. They're really good. They are, um, oh. they are like a good luck thing. I think in Asian cultures, like almost like oh. mandarins, well, then, you know. Well, then I'm going to play the lottery then because I've been eating a lot of them. You just go like, my, what beautiful persimmons. Go there. Uh, Everyone, again, Chef Ivan's recipe uh, to do this pan-roasted Muscovy duck breasts with spiced orange marmalade. Now you're going to have to go make a persimmon sauce now. You know, I'm just saying. Mm, That sounds good. Would that work? Ooh, Mm. yeah. Oh, you know what? Now, hmm. persimmon martinis. I don't know why. Yes, why not? Hey, why not? It's exciting to get creative with whatever's in season and see what you can make mm-hmm. and take recipes like what Ivan's got here and change it up to what you have on hand as well um, and, yeah. and to just be creative. So it's super fun. Yeah. Uh, the recipes on blendradioandtv.com, links to everything we talked about are in the show notes. Thank you all. Thank you, Ivan. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure. Thanks, I'll Ivan. I'll see you guys soon. Okay. Bye-bye.
Thank you for listening to Big Blend Radio. Keep up with our shows at BigBlendRadio.com.